This is a Rooster Teeth production. Manticores and Minotaurs, get your tail into the Stinky Dragon and sip our newest cocktail, the Pina Collider. It's a monstrous mixture of recycled rum, coconut shells, and prickly pineapple peel. It's a massive mishmash with a bite you won't want to miss. Last time, our adventurers were saved by the sonorous satyr Wilhelm. They learned more about Sleek and were sent to save Wilhelm's partner, Howie. After devouring some dough and purchasing a capricious pet, they finally managed to rescue Howie, the absent-minded inventor of the Recapitulator. Not a moment to lose, let's tell this timely tale. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Tales from the Stinky Dragon. Lots of alliteration. How much alliteration? So much alliteration. I love alliteration. I spit a lot on my mic. <laughs> you know how the, the smell of a spitty mic and it's just kind of sour? Is that what it smells like right now? Give Dude. it a sniff. Give it a sniff. It's, it's bad. I, I, anytime I get close to my mic, I smell it. I do too. I, sometimes I itch my nose on my mic. Yeah, I think, most, I think a lot of people who don't record a lot of audio may not understand that, but it, it stinks. It stinks so bad. Mine smells great. I don't know what you guys were talking about. You minty fresh breath, I guess. Uh, <laughs> mine smells like a retainer, you know? Like... <laughs> wow, the sights and the smells of Stinky Dragon mm, for the yeah. audience. A little peek behind the curtain. Stinky Dragon 4D. I'm going to I'm gonna give my microphone a big sniff so the, the viewers can hear uh, it. Let's not, can we not? This is gross. Oh, yeah. Oh, it's the spot. (sighs) Oh, yuck. Yeah, smells. (laughs) Oh, Oh, John doesn't smell. (laughs) Oh, right. (laughs) No sense of smell. You're lucky for now. All right. So the sun begins to dip into the cloudy horizon, casting amber and ruby light rays across the city and its blossoms. Wilhelm hands the schematic over to Howie, who studies the paper for a moment and says... Oh, right. The, the recapitulator. The, that's the whole reason I came here. Howie turns to you all and holls out the schematic. Uh, would you like to take a look? I, I, this may sound preposterous, but I believe this device could potentially send a subject back in time. Whoa. Yeah, let me take a look at that. And then I hold it upside down, the plans. And I, I just <laughs> stare and I go, hmm. A little bit of drool rolls out of the side of Kyborg's mouth. Who's the, who's like the techiest one of us? I just mean, I like literally in character, like who, who's, who's our, who's our gadget? Uh, I, have a, I have a robot for an arm. I think, yeah, either Kyborg or Bart would probably Yeah, I was going to say, most... I'm inclined to Bart liking little contraptions. Yeah. But is I mean... That a short, is that a short joke? Little contraptions. <laughs> I'm small but mighty. He flexes. Yeah, I think uh, normally you rely on Dr. <clears throat> to do your uh, your tech for you. Mud mm. mm-hmm. looks at the schematic completely confused. <laughs> Let me uh, let me check it out. Could I uh, jump on uh, Mud's shoulders to see the sure. paper? No, well, I think uh, Kyborg's holding it. Oh, well, I, I want to see it, so I jump on your shoulder still. Oh, okay, just to get a view. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> just to see it. Howie chimes in uh, as y'all are examining the uh, schematics and says, It's really quite simple. The recapitulator is similar to an hourglass made up of four key components. Metal, wood, glass, and most important ingredient, love. Howie's jaw <laughs> drops and his eyes widen. <laughs> De- Deja Violets. How he takes off at a gallop to a flower bed at the western edge of the district's Deja courtyard. Violets. He found the flower he needed. How many Deja Violets do we need? Oh, who are you asking? Well, I guess the guy, I guess he just left. <laughs> yeah, he took off. He galloped off to to go look at the flowers. Should we follow? Yeah, that guy kind of sucks yeah. his memory, so maybe we should go help him. Oh yeah, okay, that's a good call. Okay, we oh, we follow Howie. I run eighty-eight miles per hour, and I'm still on my shoulders. <laughs> <laughs> so no running for Bart. Why 88 miles per hour? Back to the future, bro. We're doing oh. we're in time travel. Okay. Howie comes to a halt just shy of the flower bed. He points to a nearby patch of violet flowers. The purple petals seem to intertwine with each other, forming figure eights around a stem. It sounds like the bell from the twilight tower begins to chime. Sleek steps out onto the balcony of the Glocken Tower once again, bows and says, Thank you, thank you. You are too kind. And now for the next movement in my symphony, he begins to play his lute again and a repetitive melody fills the air. (laughs) 
Can I cover my ears? An emerald wall emerges from the ground at the eastern edge of Grubdorf. Like a wave, it slowly starts engulfing the entire district. Nearby townsfolk are caught in the green wave and become motionless, frozen in their tracks. I know from uh, the movement list that I got that that is the third of the five movements. We've only got two more Uh movements left. Nerd. Or lack of movements. Uh, Oh, there you go. If only there was some way to get more time. Uh, Howie yells out, No, no, no. I'm, I'm closer than ever to rebuilding my recapitulator. He begins trotting closer to the flowers. It seems like time rewinds a few minutes for everyone. Oh. Interesting. Howie explains the recapitulator. Uh, you watch him again get distracted and run off towards the deja violets. The bell gongs again. Sleek begins playing da capo. And the emerald wall once again begins emerging across the Grubdorf district, freezing everyone. Huh. Where is the uh, the green wall in comparison to like where we're standing? How far are we away from this green wall? You see it coming across the district. It's still a little ways away. Okay. Could we try to run towards the Deja Violets? Oh. You're along with Howie closer to the Deja Violets? Yeah. Time once again rewinds for <laughs> a few uh. minutes. <laughs> once again, you listen to Howie explaining the recapitulator. Could I try to send my mage hand out there to pick some violets? Mm, what are you going to do, like, send your mage hand out to, like, pluck them out of the ground? Yeah. All right, guys, I, I think something crazy is happening. Let me try something here. So I guess uh, while Howie is, like, re-explaining the recapitulator, uh, you, wa- you you say that and you walk off in the air, in the direction of the Deja Violets? Yeah, just close enough so I could use my mage hand within range of those. Okay. Bart casts mage hand and plucks a few Deja Violets out of the ground, but it seems like the instant that they're removed from the ground, they shrivel up and die. Oh, oh my God. Well, this is, we're in a little bit of a pickle here, fellas. How do we get the, the violets without killing them? Kill, keep them in the ground, keep them in the mud, mud. <laughs> I guess that's an option. Howie has gotten distracted. He's run off along with you guys, and now he's staring at the deja violets. How, how, Howie, how do you pick the flowers? Howie says, oh, you have to be very careful. They're very fragile. They need to stay in the soil. Oh. Sounds like a job for mud. <laughs> Mud, I guess, tries to approach the flowers and takes his big old hands and tries to get a big old scoop of the dirt around. Mud approaches the flowers, and once again, time seems to skip back a few minutes. Well, darn it. You're standing in front of Howie as he's explaining the recapitulator. All right, mage hand. This time, you're going to scoop. All right, little buddy? <laughs> I like how you're addressing it. You're going to scoop. And it's it's hand. it's looking at me and it's nodding with its fingers. It doesn't give you a thumbs up. You know that would make way more sense. <laughs> Inspiration died to Gus. Uh. <laughs> hey, I get to make a, an extra roll against you guys. No, oh, oh, uh, <laughs> you know that mage hand lasts only for one minute, so you feel like you you need to hurry a bit, Bart. Okay, all right, go. <laughs> Mush. <laughs> Mush. Okay, you instruct your mage hand and it goes and reaches into the soil and brings out a clump of soil with deja violets in it. Yay! How he sees them and says, oh, excellent. Here. He runs up kind of close, but not super close to the deja violets, puts his bag down, uh, then comes back to the group and says, put them inside that bag. We should be able to hold them in there. Will do. Nothing could go wrong here. Uh, Bart's mage hand lets go and, and gently places them in the bag. The mage hand then cinches up the bag, and Howie tentatively trots up to it and cautiously reaches out to pick it up. Nothing out of the ordinary seems to be happening. Howie says, Well, uh, so, so far, so good. Once again, you hear the twilight bell ring, and uh, Sleek begins playing da capo. The emerald wave continues to freeze everything and everyone in its path. It's creeping toward you, getting closer and closer with every pluck of Sleek's loot. Oh, it should be hurting a little bit now. All right, what, how else do we need to make this glass thingy? What do we need to do? Howie seems distracted once again by the deja violets. He's, you know, looking at all of them in the flower bed there. And Wilhelm seems to be trying to pull him away to safety. I'll help. <laughs> you want to help? How are you going to help? I'm going to pick him up and carry him. <laughs> the way that gum gum helps anyway. All right, go ahead and make a, what would that be? Like a, a strength check, I guess. Again, this is a centaur you're picking up. Yeah, 20. Gum gum we're talking You rolled a 20. Gum gum's strong. I know. I'm just saying visually. If you want to visually understand what's happening right now. Well, how, how tall is gum gum? Seven feet. Ah, oh, yeah, you can pick up a centaur, no problem. So he's big. 
despite Howie's big size, Gum Gum is able to pick him up fairly easily and uh, carry him and Wilhelm follows along. So I guess you all move away from the wave like Mud suggested, out towards the edge of the district. Yeah. Yeah. Sleek strums his mossy lute with an emphatic final chord, and the Emerald Wave comes to a halt at the border between the Grubdorf and Ironhof districts. With a fetching smile, he bows to the city and disappears into the Glocken Tower once again. This guy sucks. Should we maybe ask Howie how to stop this from happening? I think we gotta bomb the Glocken Tower, guys. <laughs> <laughs> can I? Can we hold up the the plans? Be Howie, what do we do? <laughs> Howie looks at it and says. Uh, like I said earlier, you need four key components to make the recapitulator. You need metal, wood, glass, and of course, my favorite, the Deja Violets. Which we have okay. now. Yeah, we have the violets. Where do we get glass? Well, lucky for you guys, you spot a sign pointing to your left that reads Ironhof District. Oh, <gasps> let's go. Let's go. Howie and Wilhelm say, Things are far too dangerous for us and Pip here. We're, we're going to leave town and head back home. All you need to do is find those components, and you should be able to craft the recapitulator. The districts all specialize in different items, and it should be able to help uh, you build the recapitulator. Howie hands over the bag that contains the Deja Violets and says, Here, you're going to need these. Uh, mud takes Here, you're going to need these. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for reiterating, Gum Gum. Appreciate it. Uh, and with that, Howie and Wilhelm take off with Pip in tow. Ta-ta. Cute couple. Pippin too. Is my badger still giant? No, I think the badger would have drunk back down to normal size by now. Okay. I give it a cute headbutt. Not a hard one, a cute one. Yeah, he's on my shoulder. Let's do a post strength checks. Roll a roll a d20. What? Strength checks? Yeah. I don't want to actually headbutt him. That's super hard. 16? Okay, yeah. I, I was just checking to see if his headbutt hurts you. Oh, because okay. oh, he's trying. <laughs> yeah. No, no, uh, you uh, you headbutt him, and he, you know, he really tries to headbutt you, but uh, it doesn't seem to have much effect on you. Ah, little guy. Good gumbo. So like I said, there's a sign pointing off in the direction of the Ironhof district. Okay. Let's go. <laughs> All right. That's the kind of leadership we need. I like gum gum with a purpose. <laughs> Let's go. <laughs> he is very determined. Yeah, gotta save the world. You follow a paved path with flower beds on either side that opens up to another cobblestone courtyard surrounded by six tin roof buildings with a sheet metal walls and iron doors. The buildings are clearly scaled down for smaller folk, and sure enough, as you enter the courtyard, you spot a crowd of halflings that are surrounding a raised silvery platform in the center. All of you go ahead and make a perception check. All right. Oh, 17. 22. That's- a nat 20 for 27. Whoa! We're all so Man, perceptive. You all had amazing roles there. About time. We know every person <laughs> in this village. <laughs> <laughs> so all of you are able to peer past the crowd and see two halflings on stage dressed in full suits of armor standing around an anvil. One is holding a hammer and chisel, and the other is holding up a long, ornate sword to the crowd. You also notice that everyone else in the crowd is either wearing full-plated armor or leather aprons. They all appear to be standing at attention with solemn faces. You think that you may have come into some kind of ceremony or service, Mm. uh, maybe something related to the district's guild or militia. And in the distance to the northwest, you hear a crash and a few screams. It sounds like they're shouting, Hair sentimental! Hair Hair sentimental? Hair? Like, on your head? That's what it sounds like. Huh. Uh... Can we, can we look off in that direction? Yeah, you can't see too much in that direction, mainly because there's that big platform that seems to be attracting everyone's attention. And atop the platform, the halfling with the sword steps forward. She removes her helmet, revealing her bronze-toned chiseled face and a platinum-colored pixie haircut. Etched into her chest plate reads, Ali Foyel. She says, I take great honor in sharing this day with all of you, my fellow halflings. For today, we salute... Chunky Golden God for their excellence in craftsmanship and the art of swordplay. Swing blade salute. Everyone in the crowd hammers their fists into their palms three times. Smack, smack, smack. Bart does the same. So does Gum Gum. Smack, smack, smack. I punch Gum Gum three times. Ow, ow, ow. <laughs> Mud and Kyborg seem to be getting some rather mean looks from the nearby halflings. They're like, <clears throat> looking at you guys. Okay, I do the. I follow suit. Yeah. Ellie places the blade on the anvil and turns to the halfling with the hammer and chisel. She says, Chonky, please do the honors and mark your initials in the swing blade, blade of glory. Chonky bows. They place the chisel on the blade and raise their hammer high. 
A huge gust of wind plows through the crowd from the northwest corner of the courtyard. Halflings and pieces of armor fly across the cobblestone. A rotating column of air touches down on the ground and violently rips up cobblestones as it floats toward the platform. It reaches out with a column of wind and sucks up the swing blade blade of glory into its core funnel and propels Chonky into a nearby wall, resulting in a crunch. A deep, wispy voice bellows from the tornado. Ali screams out, Loose air elemental! Halflings, to arms, to arms! We must retrieve the swing blade blade of glory! The crowd of halflings disperses into the nearby buildings and two small platoons of armed halflings march in formation toward the air elemental. There's what a lot of drama on? in this town. <laughs> this is cool. Yeah, I can't, like, is this, what's the state of the actual town? Has news of uh, Sleek reached this area? Like, is everything in, in chaos? Like, is this like Columbia and Bioshock Infinite? Well, it seemed like they were carrying through with their ceremony when you walked up. It it kind of reminds me of uh, Hercules, that town, I think it was called <laughs> Town of Phoebes, where it was like super chaotic and they always had bad things happen and then They're Hercules shows up. And, yeah, so that's us. We're Hercules in this situation. We're here to save you, townspeople. There's an air elemental attacking that's what that, that has sucked in the sword. The Swing Blade Blade of Glory. It has a the name. Swing Blade. Swing uh, Blade Blade of Glory. The Swing Blade Blade of Glory and is is now standing in the middle, like, uh, close to us. Oh, it's not close to you. It's off in the distance on the uh, the platform. But like I said, there's some platoons of armed halflings marching in formation now approaching the air element. This seems like a good time to earn some favor with the crowd if we go help. Okay. Yay. Okay, run toward him and ask that and ask Aramental why she's mad. <laughs> so just for reference, you all entered from the southeast corner of this district into the courtyard and uh, everything is out in front of you. So off kind of like to the north and northwest. Okay. So Gum Gum, you said you were going to try to run up to the air elemental? Why are you mad? Well, Gum Gum tries to get up closer to the platform to the air elemental, but you're stopped by uh, a squad of halflings who are wearing armor. And they say, halflings only. We have this under control, folks. Oh. Halflings only, huh? Bart, Bart, Bart. Bart, Bart. They nod at Bart. Bart steps up and goes, let me help then. Yeah, they, I mean, they let you through, Bart, uh, but it seems like they're, they're blocking everyone else. If you're going to help me, these these fellows behind me are honorary halflings, and they will absolutely help you defeat this air elemental, I promise. Catbark's picking his nose. I'm her steed. <laughs> <laughs> her noble steed. Go ahead and roll a, a persuasion check, Bart. Persuasion. Bart, 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 mm. Bart. And I and I lower down on all fours. <laughs> <laughs> I want to see. I want to. I would. I hope some people send us fan art using hashtag Stinky Dragon Pod. <laughs> I want to see Gum Gum the half orc on all fours as a steed as a uh, Bart the halfling uh, rides him. He loves it. Oh, yeah. look, phrasing there, but uh, let's, let's, uh... <laughs> yeah, oh, Bart riding Gum Gum. It's family Yeehaw. friendly. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, they, they seem suspicious, but Bart, you were so persuasive to them that they opened up their ranks and they, they let you all pass through. Cool. You won't regret it. Okay. Is, is, is Bart on me now? That's up to Bart. <laughs> he could be. Uh, no, Bart's, Bart's going to keep walking. <sighs> he goes, no, we got we to gotta be professional. All right. Well, I still, I'm, I, I'm still on all fours. On all fours. <laughs> I'm galloping. Bart goes, come on, boy. Come on. Let's go. <laughs> and I gallop towards the the era of metal. Mm-hmm. Chanel. Ready to go for a spin. Ellie winces at the sight of her brothers and sisters being tossed around like ragdolls. She looks around for the next platoon, but her ranks are either scattered or wounded. She sees Bart and quickly sizes him up. She sprints over to Bart and says, You there, stoutly halfling. I see you're hardened by battle and armed with both sword and uh, loot. You must be the leader of this tall, motley crew of big folk. Will you and your party answer the call? Will you join our ranks in our hour of need? Uh, what's in it for us? <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> your people. Allie kind of furrows her brow and says, we'll let you get one item from the blacksmith for each of your party. That works. And we'll give 10 gold each. Oh, and of course, it goes without saying fame, repute, and glory amongst the halflings of Ironhoff. Oh, perfect. Oh. Yes, absolutely. You know, I would have done it for free. We're your men. Uh, Bart does a salute, but is really awkward about it. Knocking your fist uh, in your palm three times? Yes. <laughs> it's kind of like when you when you play paper, rock, scissors, if you imagine that. 
Gotcha. Oh, got it, got it. I thought it was like in front of the chest, like punching straight out. No, no, that's how, that's how yeah, I wanted to clarify. It's kind of like uh, doing paper, rock, scissors. Okay, yeah, he does that. Ali says, I knew you were full of honor to the battlefield, but let's try to flank it from the rear. Follow me. She leads you around the back of the buildings to the west side of the courtyard. As you're treading through the flower beds, to your left, you notice the spur line sail road and the northwest platform up ahead. It looks like a hurricane ripped it in half with luggage, trolleys, and bodies left in the wake. Goodness gracious. Bart, make me an investigation check. You got it. Investigation six. Mm. This looks terrible to you. <laughs> Hold on. Let me uh, let me put my contacts in. Are you just going to roll again? It's going to see if Gus would let me. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> you finally round the corner of the last building and come to the northwest corner of the square, now looking at the back of Chanel the Elemental. Ellie says, all right, we need a plan. Clearly charging headlong and using normal weapons of battle have little effect on this creature. Do you have any suggestions? We could attack it from above. (laughs) (laughs) How tall is it? It's pretty big. It's an air elemental. It's essentially a living tornado, Chris. Right. It's exactly, yeah. Ali says, quick, we must figure out before more halflings are injured. Can can you gum up its works by getting too much stuff inside of the air, air elemental? Are you asking Ali? Yeah. She thinks about it for a bit and says, I'm not certain. We've I've never actually had to fight an air elemental before. Oh, that's neither have we. We're in a new territory together. Well, in Pokemon, bug is good against flying. No. Nope. Uh, rock, ground, rock. Rock, rock. Rock. So just for reference, the air elemental, this one would be considered large, so about 10 feet by 10 feet. Okay. Oh, damn. I could jump over it. Get a bunch of rocks. I would jump into it. <laughs> I have a ring of jump. We also have our boons, our, our boons of things. We do. Is there anything that would help us in this situation? I have boon of speed, which I'm not sure how it could be effective right now, but what do you guys have again? The ring of jump triples my jump distance. I could get above it and come down on it. How do we, the question is, how do we stop air? Do we blow it in the opposite direction? Superman always around, around it the opposite, opposite direction. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I know. Mud turns to gum gum. Let's get... Uh, we can we can get into it and kill it from inside. Okay, let's do that. Yeah, let's do that together. Can you do it too? Yes. You can jump. No, I'm going to go from below. You'll go from above. Okay, that's I don't know how you jumped that low, but okay. <laughs> <laughs> At this point, Chanel takes notice of you all and charges in your direction. You really think you can throw caution to the wind and fight me? But suddenly, loot music begins to play over the air, and two emerald circles materialize in the courtyard, one to the north and one to the south. Uh-oh. They both appear to be 10 feet in diameter and spinning counterclockwise. As Chanel is charging towards your group, one of the emerald circles appears in front of them, and the loot music gets louder until... all of time seems to pop back a couple of minutes. We were just given redo circles. So if we totally ruin this or die, somebody needs to get back in that circle to reset us. Okay. Chanel piles into the courtyard from the northwest. They reach the platform, suck up the swing blade blade into their core funnel and propel Chonky into a nearby wall. Crunch. I am Chanel. And vengeance is mine. Again. All right. Wait, that means that Chanel's aware of time manipulation. Said again. If if the if the wind goes clockwise and then we do it backwards, it'll be counterclockwise, and then it it means it goes away. Allie jumps down from the platform. Loose air elemental, halflings to arms to arms. We must retrieve the swing blade blade of glory. Allie points to you all and says, "You, the stoutly halfling and big folk, follow me." Is right. Yes, we'll, we'll follow. We'll follow you. Where should where should we go? Allie leads you on the same path you took before, behind the western buildings, parallel to the sail road. You reach the northwest corner of the courtyard again, and she turns to you and says, Does everyone f- else feel like we've done this before? Yes. Yes. No. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. That was a little joke. Is there any chance that there is something that Mud can roll to see if he knows anything about air elementals? Yeah. As being a magic-based creature and, f- f- and Mud is magic-based? Roll, I guess, like a... Arc- Arcana. I was hoping you wouldn't say that one. Yeah, Arcana check. 
Okay. That's a 10. You think that non-magical attacks would be fairly ineffective against it. Okay. Mm. I can relay this to the group. I'm just saying we need to attack it with magic. Who's got magic okay. to attack it with? I have magic. Okay. Ali chimes in and says, it seems we can't get near it. We can't kill it. And now it can send us all back in time. We need some kind of new plan. How do you capture something without it knowing? Uh, a big net. I use my dwarven stone of bread and I create darkness and smoke all around us to like to kind of create just a lot of smoke around so that we can maybe try to approach it stealthily. I don't know. I'm really just grasping at straws here. Cool. What is in our eye line? I think if we dropped a building on it, that would help. Yeah, you're kind of between a couple of buildings near some flower beds, between buildings next to the courtyard. Out in front, out in the courtyard is that platform where Ali and, and Chonky were, Golden God. And like the Spur Line Railroad, Sail Road, where the trolley got knocked over. Oh, I have an idea. I have an idea. How many, fla- how many of those flowers do we have? How many flowers do we have? That's a good question. The mage hand was only able, like, imagine your hand reaching in and picking up like a plot of dirt under flowers. So it's like one bundle of uh, Deja Violets. Could we throw a flower at it? It'll pull it out of dirt and it'll go backwards and this, the tornado will spin. Well, it, it will it will wilt and die if we pluck it though. No, no, we just, we throw it with the lump. You, we, we give it a flower with a lump and then it spins backwards and turns itself inside out. I'm not sure the flower is going to make it spin backwards. Yeah, I think that'd take us all back in time. Can I see the sword inside of it? It's hard to make out. There's a lot of debris in there in general. If you want, you all can try to roll maybe like a wisdom or intelligence check if you want to try to see what we can figure out from here. Yes. Oh, what if you heated the metal and it would That's what I was trying to see is if I can see the sword so I can do that. Hmm. That's a 13. 11 for wisdom. Oh, six. Wisdom is six for me. Nine. Oh, we were doing wisdom? I did intelligence. Wisdom, I think he said wisdom or intelligence. Yeah, oh, whichever you well, prefer. I'm going to roll. I'm going to stick with my 13. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, take the best of both worlds. Sordo chimes in and says, What if we do what we did with the Deja Violets? We, we just, we just, we used Mage Hand to pick the, the dirt. What, <laughs> How what, did we do? Was it getting, when we got closer to it, was it, it was turning us back? Sordo says, sneak up on it without it noticing. That's why I cast the Dwarven Stone Bread. Oh, so you actually did that. I thought you were just like speculating, like trying to like spitball Yeah, ideas. that's why I, f- I figured getting up to it without it noticing us would be the better thing. Ah, uh, okay. Sorry, my bad. I thought you were just like spitballing possibilities with the with the group. Yeah. So it creates darkness and the smell of freshly baked bread. So we're now in a in a we have now have darkness. I also want to use Mask of Wild, which uh, obscures me in natural phenomena, which I feel like a windstorm is a natural phenomena, is it not? Well, a windstorm is, but an air, an elemental is not. <clears throat> Ali says, "Of course, we could set a trap if you obscure yourself, and then we just need some kind of cage to capture the creature without their knowing it." There was a cage back at the apothecary. To Kate. Ali says, okay, new plan. I'll tell you what. I'll order my platoons to distract Chanel for as long as they can and to steer the creature away from those emerald circles. They're going to need a leader in my absence. Uh, how about you with the blue spiky hair? You look like you could wreak some havoc on that elemental. Brink raises an eyebrow and a smirk comes across his face. What? He starts to chuckle and bolts off towards Chanel. What did he get here? Is he with this the whole time? He's, he's been with us the whole time. I didn't. What? He was at the bakery. How have I not been just totally ragging on Brink Tuster this entire time? <laughs> you guys didn't tell me Brink Tuster was hiding behind me. He's your best He's your best friend now. This is, I hate this. He's working with us. Brink Tussler. Allie watches him run off and says, Okay, I guess I'll take that as a yes. The rest of you come with me. Okay. Hey everyone, thank you for listening to and supporting Tales from the Stinky Dragon. If you got the time, I would love it if you could go and tell a friend about the podcast. You know, podcasts live or die by word of mouth. Uh, or you can engage on social media, tweet or engage on Instagram with at Stinky Dragon Pod. You can use hashtag Stinky Dragon Pod and maybe we'll use your name in an upcoming episode as an NPC. Just like Chonky Golden God, the halfling based on at Keruali. Apologies, I'm sure I mispronounced that. Chanel the Winjin, who is based on at Fruit Bat. Thank you so much for tweeting at us. We really, really appreciate it. 
Uh, and of course, if you could rate us on whatever podcast platform you listen to, that would be fantastic as well. And last thing, we do have some merch available. We got new t-shirt and hat available at the Rooster Teeth store. You could check that out at store.roosterteeth.com. She turns to the building to your left and walks up to a window on the side. She says, I've always wanted to do this. She raises her elbow and jabs it straight through the window without flinching. Glass shatters and spills everywhere. Cool. She looks to you all and says, after you. Are we at the apothecary? No, you're at one of the buildings there in the Ironhof district. The, remember, the apothecary's back in Grubdorf, which is now in the Emerald Wave. That's what I thought. Covering green. Yeah. I run and dive through. <laughs> Make a acrobatics check. So many acrobatics checks. One, 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 one. It was a one. Plus <laughs> three. Yes, it was. It was in that oh one. Gum Gum tries to uh, run and dive through the window, but runs headlong into the wall of the building. <laughs> <laughs> he takes four points of damage. Oof. Oh. Is that what it looks like when I do it? <laughs> yes, it does. It looks exactly like that. Oh, God. Mud goes in through the hole like a normal person, stating himself as he does it. Are you sure you don't want to make any unnecessary checks for this where you could potentially damage yourself? <laughs> no, I'm okay. I'm a you big sure? boy who just wants to make it through the hole. I was trying to be quick. <laughs> <laughs> I say to the wall. <laughs> Are we going through, is this a window or is this a door that we just busted through? It's a window. I dive through, I dive through. Uh, oh. Make an acrobatics check. Hi-yot. 25. That's how you do it, gum gum. Damn. Oh, yeah. Kyborg dives through the window perfectly. Not a scratch. I kind of just flop. I kind of limp through it. <laughs> and Bart, you join them as well? Yeah, he does a little hop in after the window has been clearly broken open by Kyborg and does a little <laughs> Acrobatics. <laughs> nah. Nah, she, she, the way she described it sounds like it's just like a, normal. a, a pretty easy yeah, hopping in. Moving like a normal person. <laughs> mm-hmm. Nothing fancy. You enter what appears to be a halfling-sized forge in pristine condition. Ah, it's really comfortable in here, guys, huh? Mud, Kyborg, and Gum Gum all make me dexterity saving throws. Saving, saving throws. throws. 19. That's a 17. Come on, Gum Gum. 7. Oh. Gum Gum, you're not used to being in such a small building that's built for people smaller than you. So you hit your head on the low ceiling and you take another five points of damage. Five? Gum Gum's gonna die. <laughs> this building is Gum Gum's greatest enemy. Well, it's di- yeah, this building has damaged me nine damage. Please <laughs> let it damage him some more, please. I want nothing more than the Gum Gum to just almost die from a building. Yeah, has anyone in D&D ever died from a building? We're about to see it. <laughs> I'm sure. Like not a trap, not a magical building, just a normal building. I guess I guess I was disoriented from hitting my head so hard that I <laughs> I walked into the ceiling really hard. Yeah, uh, Bart sees this happen and goes, "Oh, that's rough." Uh, I'm gonna take a, one of my potions of healings for myself. Yeah, do it. I'm gonna look for uh, comically small furniture. Do I see any? Well, it's not comically small, but yeah, it's made for smaller people. I mean, okay. you're in a forge, like a blacksmith shop, essentially. And yeah. on the left side of the room is a furnace the size of an igloo with piles of coal and a shovel. In the center of the room is an anvil larger than Ali's halfling body and a hammer the size of her head. On the right side of the room are workbenches with various tools and weapons neatly organized. I take a chair from the workbench and I set it by gum gum and I say, here buddy, take a seat. You look like you've had a rough day. I pick it up. No, no, no. You take a seat. I picked it up. Gum gum, take <laughs> you. You said seat. take a seat. That's his thing. You need to be clear. You played right into it. Yeah, you said the phrase. I just wanted his dumb idiot self to crash through the chair. (laughs) Nope, he picked it up. I'm just holding a chair. Sit down, Gum Gum, sit down. Allie says, welcome to the Swingblade Forge. We normally don't let just anyone in here, but these are extenuating circumstances and I need extra hands. Do any of you have experience using Smith's tools? Are we going to make a cage? You Uh know, uh, we don't have much... uh, much experience in this, but we're very eager to learn. Right, guys? Yeah. yeah. I love that attitude. Bart really wants to impress Allie. Oh, well, she seems to like it. Excellent. Wink. She puts her hand on your shoulder and says, I love a clean slate. 
I'm gonna guide you all through building us a metal cage for that dreaded elemental out there. So, welcome to Blacksmithing 101. <laughs> no better time to learn than during a uh, attack on your town. A multi multi tiered uh, emergency. I also forgot I have danger sense. I did have an advantage on that saving throw against that wall. But that's oh well. Too late now. Oh, Too late now. With uh, with Allie's hand on Bart's shoulder, he he laughs and a little bit of spit comes out. <laughs> oh, I love it. <laughs> so uh, Allie says, "There's four steps to blacksmithing, and we need each of you to take care of one of those steps." Okay. We need someone to take charge of the furnace, someone to take care of the forging, someone to do the welding, and then finally someone to quench. All right. Which of you is going to handle each of these? Well, I'm really good at drinking things, so I can do quench. <laughs> which yes. which one of these uh, these these steps involves dirt? Dirt. Mm, probably none of them, uh, unless you count. Is metal dirt? To a degree, yeah, you're right. You know, it is. To some people. Yeah, no. I want to do welding because that sounds like the coolest one. Okay. I'll do furnace because I love being number one. Allie looks at Mud and says, well, lucky for you, forging has the most metal slash dirt. I imagine forging involves a lot of uh, hammering. Of course, strength. Yes. Yeah. It seems like we should give that to our our muscly friend over here who just hit his head on the ceiling. I can hammer. Oh, I thought he wanted to quench his thirst. Wow. I think he'd be better with those, that big old uh, chair lifting body uh, swinging the hammer. Okay. So is that your order? Yes. I'll take, I'll take the quenching. Perfect. All right. We don't have much time. Now that you've all decided, let's talk about your tasks. All right. Each of you has one minute. Hold on, screen. Let me get my timer ready before I get into this. Oh, God. <laughs> we could just do just timer in our head, right? <laughs> <laughs> Each of you has one minute to complete your respective tasks. Oh. So, Bart, you're going to have to take care of the furnace. You're going to have to heat the metal until it gets to the appropriate temperature. Then Gum Gum is going to have to shape the metal by hammering on the anvil. Next comes Kyborg, who's going to join the pieces of metal together by welding them. And then finally, Mud is going to rapidly cool off the hot pieces of metal by submerging them in the water. <sighs> All right, no big deal. We got this. We got this. First try. From a metagaming perspective, just so the audience can follow along as well, each of the characters is going to have to roll a skill check until they make a successful roll. Then they have to roll a particular dice, depending on which step they're on, until they get to a number goal. And if they do that within one minute, they succeed. If they don't, then they fail and they have to go back and start over. I assume we're doing this one at a time, right? Right. It's one, then the next, then the next. It's a little different each step. I'll try to explain it as we go along the way. And it's, yeah, it's one real life minute. That's why I, so I've got a timer up here on my computer. Two questions. If we roll a critical fail, do we have to start from the beginning? So if you roll a critical fail, no, because that's the first step is the skill check. So once you get the skill check, then you go to rolling a specific hit die. If you roll a one on that die, then yes, your cumulative total resets to zero. Okay, and then when we say, when you say we need to, we have to start over, does that mean like going back to furnace or starting over welding? Depending on where you fail, you have to go back one step. Yeah. So if I fail, we have to start completely over because I'm the first step. Right. But if you fail at quenching, then you go back to welding. Yeah. So if you fail at step four, you go back to step three, essentially. Got it. Perfect. All right. Well, no pressure, Bart, but you are up. I'm going to start the timer. You have to roll an intelligence check. Go. All right. Rolling. All right. Failed. That's a four. Failed. That's a nine. That's a failure. (laughs) That's a four. That's a failure. (laughs) Fifteen. Fifteen. All right. Fifteen. That's a success. Okay. Okay. Now roll a D8, one at a time. You have to get up to 30. Okay. We got an eight. Excellent. Nice. You glance inside the furnace and see the raw ore beginning to smelt. We got a two. So we're at 10. 10. Another two. 12. 30 seconds. You grab a nearby set of bellows and start blowing onto the hot coals and bright flames lick 13. the edges of the furnace. You are making the slowest fire ever. <laughs> Turn on turbo. Turn on oh, your 20. turbo. Uh, 20 oh, no, seconds to go. 30. Oh, gosh. Come on. Uh, 25. 25. 25. Come on. 27. 10 oh, seconds. No. 27. Uh, we got, uh, we got uh, over 30. 34. You did it with four seconds to uh, spare. That's stressful. <laughs> the button to get the D8 on my computer. I'm like, get it! <laughs> <laughs> it seems like initially when Bart's trying to stoke the furnace, he keeps failing. He keeps uh, spilling coal everywhere. 
uh, making a huge mess, but eventually he manages to get the furnace to the right temperature and begins heating the metal, and just before failing, he's able to get it done in the nick of time. So we're on to forging. So Gum Gum, it's up to you to get the forging done correctly. You have one minute starting now. Roll a strength check. You grip the hammer, laying atop the anvil, and swing it violently at the smelted uh, metal. 21. 21, you did it. Oh, wow. All right, now you got to roll a d6 one at a time. You got to get up to 20. Oops, I did roll two. All right, doesn't count then. Well, one d6. Come on, gum gum. Three. Sparks flies to beat the gleaming metal into submission. Six, that's nine. 40 nine. seconds. 10. 15. Come uh, on, gum gum. Gum gum. 16. Uh, 30 seconds. Hammer harder, Gum Gum. You rolled a one. Actually, that resets uh, back. Oh. Got to keep oh, going. dang it. You pummel the metal too hard, and its shape begins to warp. That's a one. You're at zero. Oh, oh Gum Gum. One, zero. Oh, Gum Gum. Three. Three, six. Good, good. Ten. Good. Three, 13. two, one. Ugh. That's time. Time is up. Oh, no. Did we do it? No, that <laughs> failed to get there in time. There were too many ones by uh, Gum Gum there. It's lava roughly in the shape of a sword. <laughs> <laughs> gum Gum hammers so hard on the metal. He's so into it that he breaks the metal. It shatters into various pieces. I'm sorry. Quick uh, metagame question. Because I'm a bard, if I roll a one, I'm lucky. Could I roll? Is Does it count for this game? Ah. Or is it still... I go back to zero. You only get to rule that on like skill checks, like a d20. Gotcha. Okay. Since Gum Gum destroyed the metal, we got to start over with Bart redoing the furnace. All right. Hey, uh, uh, I hope you're uh, hanging out at the end there, uh, Mud, because you'll be there for a while. <laughs> Mud is uh, <laughs> hanging out by the water and just playing with his shape of water spell and just like, <laughs> you know, like making shapes and stuff float around and entertaining himself. Intelligence check, go. We're ready. 13, we did it. All right. Much better. First try. Right, roll a d8, one at a time. Six. Nice. Six. Seven. Excellent. No whammies. No whammies. Thirteen. <gasps> Seven. Twenty. Twenty. Good. Yes. Doing really good. Twenty-two. Forty seconds. Twenty-seven. Oh, sorry. Twenty-nine. Oh, 29. one more. Oh, Don't, get one. Don't get a one. Don't get a one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Thirty-two. You did it in twenty-six seconds. Oh, excellent. Right. Excellent. Got the hang of it. So since you were able to succeed so quickly, I mean, you I guess you really learned from your previous attempts at this. Since you finished it in under 30 seconds, you get an inspiration die for this mini game. Yay. We're going to call it a do-over dice. You can reuse the do-over to reset something. So you all have one do-over die. It can be used for any die roll. To be used by the group. Yes. Gotcha. Cool. All right. So yeah, use it if you guys need it. All right, so we're back on uh, Gum Gum. I'm ready. You're going to have to make a strength check. You're going to have to roll right now. Go. Gum Gum smash. Yeah. That's a success. 24. All right, roll a D6, one at a time. Four. Four. No ones. Come on, no ones, my dude. Se seven. Good. good. 11. <clears throat> uh, 13. Come on. Uh, 18. Excellent, excellent. So close. Oh, one. That's so a reset. Close. Ooh, you miss the anvil entirely and smash your own hand. Do my do my inspiration die. 35 seconds to go. Did it. Did it. Uh, 23. You did it. Yay. That was under 30 seconds too. No, it's 34 seconds. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> nice try though. I like I like you boldly claiming something you have no way of confirming. <laughs> All right. All right, so that, that burns your do-over die, but it did save Gum Gum from uh, destroying the metal. I whisper, thank you. <laughs> Gum Gum seemingly got the hang of it a little better this time than the last time and was able to shape the metal by hammering it on the anvil. And he hands off the pieces of metal to Kyborg for welding. So Kyborg, it's up to you to weld them together. You're going to roll a dexterity check first. Mm -hmm. And then after that, you're going to roll a D6 one at a time until you reach 15. However... If you go over 18, that's a failure. The metal will break. No. My strength may be too strong. Don't do that. <laughs> Ready, go. Watch and learn. 17. You take Yay. hold of the sheets of metal and place them in the furnace's flames, preparing to meld the two slabs. Five. Dang it. Start oh, reset. Dang it. Start oh, over. Reset. Dang do it. it. <laughs> reset. <laughs> Five. Five. Dang it! Uh, Reset. No. Six. Six. 
six. 12. 12. 30 seconds. 16. 16. Oh, success. You successfully do it right at 30 seconds. That doesn't qualify for a do-over die, but you did manage to get through it pretty quickly. It was a little harrowing there. Some resets by Kyborg on the welding process, but you were able to successfully weld the pieces of metal together. I forgot I was, I was right-handed for a moment. I'm, you know, so I was hammering it with the wrong hammer hand. We move on to the final step, the quenching of this hot metal. I just have to dunk metal in water and not screw it up. To cool it correctly. So from a metagaming perspective, Mud first has to roll a wisdom check. Then he's going to roll a D4 one at a time until you reach 10. However, if you go over 12, the metal becomes too brittle and it's a failure. Mm. And you also have one minute. So go. Wisdom check. Uh, 18. 18. That's a success. Oh, roll a D4. Two. Was that two? Dang it. One. Reset. Oh, no. Three. Three. Seven more. Five. A plume of steam rises from the brine as the metal starts to harden. Nine. Nine. Don't go over three. I went to 12. Uh, 12. Uh, oh, you're fine. You're fine at 12. It's, if you go over 12, it's a failure. Yeah. Whee. You did it in about 30 seconds. But yeah, you're able to successfully quench the metal and you all are able to form uh, a cage for use to trap the air elemental. Good job, guys. Only, only one failure, only one reset. Well, I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> As you all are admiring your work, Allie is off to the right side of the forge at a workstation, tinkering with something. She turns around and says, Well done, my apprentices. You might have a career in blacksmithing if you keep practicing. And if you're going to practice, then you might need a set of these. She holds up a set of smith tools. Oh. I have the thieves tools, so I don't want the smith tools. Uh, I'll carry them. You failed. You were the only one of us who failed. <laughs> well, I'm saying I can carry them. I probably... Are they for the group? Well, yeah. It's just yeah. one set? Yeah. Okay. I don't, sure. I don't really care who carries them. Yeah. Gum Gum can have them. All right. I also in, incorrectly gave myself an inspiration die because I thought I got one for myself, but it was for the group, so I'm taking that away. Uh, you know, why don't you, you go ahead it. and keep it? No, 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 no. <laughs> keep the paperwork <laughs> all in order. Wow. <laughs> Allie says, oh, and while you all were working, I crafted these for our cage. She holds up a set of hinges along with a lock and key. And with lightning speed, she manages to weld them to the cage with precision. Now... All that's left is the plan. First, we need to disguise the cage. Is there anybody good at disguises? Bard? Uh, probably me, I would guess. Okay. What would I have that would indicate that? Something in my inventory? Wait, also, or what's the disguise? Oh, I have a disguise kit. Do we need Ooh. an animal? Oh, okay, never mind. I have a disguise kit. So if we need an animal in the cage to trick him, then then that's Mud's, like, fetish. <laughs> yeah, because air elementals really like what kind of animals? Puppies. Puppies. <laughs> I could get in the cage. Badgers. Badgers. No. Ellie says, second, we will need to steal the swing blade, blade of glory back from the monster. Who's up for that job? I'll do that. Okay. Third, we need some sort of bait or distraction. Who's good at distractions? Oh, wait, I'm good at that, too. Uh... I, I can take care of distractions. Okay, and fourth and finally, we need someone to close the cage on that elemental and lock it in. Oh, Jesus. I guess that's a... Sounds like that's me, all right. <laughs> <laughs> I, think I, can, I think I can do it. <laughs> so, Bart, I uh, guess go ahead and roll... Uh, what does is, what is your disguise kit give you exactly? It says it gives me a pouch of cosmetics, hair dye, and small props. It lets me create disguises that change my physical appearance proficiency with this kit. lets you add your proficiency bonus to any ability check you make to create a visual disguise. Ooh. All right. So I guess go ahead and make like a deception check. Deception. Okay. And would I add anything on to that roll in addition? You would be able to add your proficiency bonus to that. Another plus two. Okay. So that would be a 14 total. Okay, so you have to disguise the cage as something like inconspicuous that the air elemental wouldn't notice. What do you want to try to disguise it as? Maybe just like a like a wooden box. Just like a like any box that would be out about in the district, like nothing special. Yeah, like to a it. crate. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Like something that someone would be shipping something in. Yeah. Okay. Right, like uh, holding like fans. That could be really, really, you know, the air <laughs> elements would really like it. Like, oh, friends. <laughs> <laughs> So I guess you all are going to disguise the cage, put it out there. Gum Gum, how are you going to try to steal the sword back? Well, it's inside of it, right? Right. I was going to try and jump up over it and go through the center. Okay, and then just get it. Yeah. Going into the eye of the storm. Okay, and then mud, what are you going to do to distract it? 
You're gonna need to distract Chanel and then lead them to the cage. I'm going to. Uh, that's a good question. <laughs> you could be like a like bait. Yeah. Could I like do, cast some magic like Earth Tremor and shake the ground beneath it so it gets its attention, and then I suppose turn into a camel and run towards the cage. <laughs> <laughs> camel bait. All right. What well, is the cage like? Iron bars. It's solid iron, not bars. It's like oh, solid so- iron. So if I go into the cage, how am I getting out of the cage? Do you do like minor illusion inside of the cage? I don't have that. Well, hell, what are you? (laughs) Could I cast summon beast and send a bestial spirit into the cage for it to chase? Sure. That's the plan. Okay. Hey, Gus, you can ask how I'm going to close the door on the the monster. (laughs) You can ask me how I'm going to do all my stuff. Well, I mean, yeah. How are you going to do that? Are you going to like hide next to the cage or, you know, what's your plan there? I, I'm going to pull out a nail file. I'm going to be hiding on the other side of the cage. And then when he goes inside the cage, I'm going to walk around and then I'm going to I'm gonna close the door on the cage. Okay. That that sounds like you all have a plan. The sound of me dusting off my hands. <laughs> I can't wait till you somehow, you're going to mess it up somehow. And I'm going to love it. Talking to the guy who messes up literally everything. Thanks, Chris. <laughs> Teamwork. You guys ready to try this? Yep. Yes. Okay. Bart did a, a really good job actually disguising the cage as just a plain wooden shipping box. So I guess you all push it out into the courtyard. Mm-hmm. Gum gum. Are you just gonna run straight up and charge at the air elemental? No. Um, <laughs> That's so unlike him. You tell me what you're doing. Well, what is it doing right now? It seems to just be uh, creating havoc, fighting with the platoons of halflings who are distracted right now. Okay. With Brink on the other side with them. Before Gum Gum tells us his plan, Mud slaps him on the butt and gives him guidance for whatever the heck he's going to be doing. Okay. Is it distracted where if I just run up, it's like... Yeah, I mean, you you probably would have to make a stealth check, but you would have some advantages on it because it's not looking in your direction. It's preoccupied with the halflings. Then Gum Gum wants to sneak up to it, ducking behind halflings. I picture Kronk in the Emperor's new group (laughs) sneaking around. This is the second time we've made that reference to the Kronk moment. <laughs> we really like that movie. It's a great movie. Go ahead and make a stealth check, Gum Gum. 11. I'll say you have advantage because, like I said, they're distracted by the. He also has the guidance. 19. Yeah, we'll say Gum Gum still has it because you uh, had advantage on this. All, All right, right, so Gum Gum, you managed to successfully sneak up behind Chanel. What's your next step? All right, it's going to use the jump spell. Is there something nearby that's like I could jump onto as well to give me even more height? Not really. Most everything around it is destroyed because of the winds from the air elemental. It's like ripping everything up. But if you have that ring of jumping, you can triple your jump distance. So, I mean, that should be sufficient for you to jump up into it. Well, then, yeah, I'll jump in from the top and come down the center so that it can't push me away. Okay. And then what, you're going to grab the sword at that point? Yeah, I'm going to be swinging around, grabbing the sword. Uh, Yeah, we'll say you're able to to jump up. (sighs) From everyone else's perspective, it seems like Gum Gum just, like, shoots into the air with a really high jump. It's like a Jedi thing. (laughs) He jumps up uh, into the air and down into the air elemental. Roll me a dexterity check. 21. Uh, Yeah, you're able to grab the swing blade, Blade of Glory. I'm, like, flying through it, and I grab the sword. That's so cool. Yeah, using momentum from your big jump. You're able to grab the sword and then roll out of the air element. So now you all have Chanel's attention. So now it's Mud's turn. Yeah. I cast Earth Tremor to get its attention. Mm. Uh, It has to make a save. Yes. Dex save. 15. Dexterity. Ooh. How How is air dexterous? Air elementals are very dexterous. It has a plus five dexterity. Which not, is enough. not enough. Yeah. Your spell is successful. Does three damage. So yeah, it takes three points of damage. However, it is not knocked prone. Uh, you can't knock an air element. Okay. So then I cast summon beast and I uh, summon as big of a bird as I can. And the bird is just flying circles around the air elemental trying to get its like gaze. And then... Mm-hmm. Once it realizes it has its attention, it flies directly towards our box. Make a performance check to see if you can get its attention. Darn. <laughs> you got this, three, 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 three. <laughs> oh. oh, yeah, it, it doesn't quite seem to work. Chanel uh, notices you casting these spells and rushes over to you and makes a slam attack against Mud. 
Oh, no. Uh, oh, and that does connect. That hits, and it does 14 points of damage to Mud with a slam bludgeoning damage. 14 points? Am Oof. I able to see the thing from the cage area? Yeah, you're like trying to hide up against the cage with your file, and uh, yeah, you see this happening. Can I shoot an arrow to get its ascension? <laughs> sure. Sorry, I'm just trying to help Mud out. Since I've seen it in the last minute, I'm going to do Seeking Arrow if I land this shot. So, a badoom. That's a 11 plus 8. 19. 19. Okay. Yeah, it hits. So, it makes to make a dexterity save. What is that? DC 9? Yes. Dexterous. Yeah, it, it makes the save. It rolled a 14. So, I don't land it. Oh, you land your hit. However, it doesn't take the additional 1d6 The additional. Down. Got it. Okay, okay. I, I want to keep keep in mind that I was also just sitting behind the box. I didn't actually look at it. I just shot the arrow, and since it was seeking arrow, it just found its way over. I'm still filing my nails. <laughs> <laughs> Roll me a d20. I want to see if you get its attention, or if it's still focused on mud. Please no longer focus on mud. Mud cannot take one more of those hits. <laughs> <laughs> Eleven. The air elemental takes note of you and begins running over in the direction of the cage. Okay. I'm in here. I'm in the cage. Ooh. <laughs> I mean, this box, this big comfy box. Ooh. Let's have Mud roll to see if the distraction kicks in. So go ahead, Mud, go ahead and roll me a d20 again to see if your distraction kicks in to get the air elemental to go in the direction of the cage. 14. Okay, yeah. The air elemental shifts direction slightly and begins running in towards the cage. Now it's up to Kyborg to actually spring the final step of the trap and close the cage. So Go ahead and roll check. me a strength check, yeah, to see if you can close it and keep the air elemental in there. All right, there we go. Is that 25? 25, with authority. Yeah, I kick the door, it will close. <laughs> open or close? Cl wait, it's open to let it in. It goes inside, then I close it with a yes, kick. Yes, I heard you, I heard you stumble, <laughs> so I knew you were a little confused about it. Okay, yeah. I want to be very clear with what's going on here. Yeah. <laughs> you slam shut the cage door and close the lock. Everyone looks around nervously for a moment. From inside the cage, you hear muffled bang and boom until finally silence. The entire district of halflings erupts into cheers. They all throw their helmets in the air and a platoon of halflings charges towards Bart. They hoist him up on their shoulders and Allie says, three cheers for Bart the monster slayer and his big folk companions. Hip, hip, hooray. Hip, hip, hooray. Hip, hip, hooray. They're lifting me up and I'm like bouncing. Yeah. Bart, you're the man of the hour. All right, yes. Well, let's let's do this again, but put me on a chair and everyone go, ha, ba, naki, ba, And I tossed the chair that I've been carrying this whole time. <laughs> <laughs> There's a chair goes flying through the air. There's already a ton of metal helmets flying through the air like it's graduation day at the, I don't know. Yeah. School of Halflings. Do they just go, for he's a jolly good halfling, for he's a jolly yeah. good halfling. Oh, you know their song. <laughs> the song of my people, Gus. They finally lower Bart to the ground, and Allie looks smilingly at all of you. I'm very grateful for your bravery, honor, and the heroic service you have done for our district of the halflings today. Because of you, Ironhoff can sleep peacefully tonight, and knowing that we are safe and... Suddenly you hear screams in the distance. They appear to be coming from the next district, Steinman. Up the path, you see a flamboyantly dressed, though disheveled man sprinting away from Steinman straight towards you. As he finally reaches the threshold of Ironhoff, he stumbles to the ground, exhausted and heaving. Ali steps forward with authority and addresses the man. What seems to be the trouble, young human? The man struggles to catch his breath. Spit it out, boy. The man takes in a deep breath and with terror in his eyes says, Dinosaur! Yeah! Yes! <laughs> In the distance, you hear the roaring of a Tyrannosaurus Rex. <gasps> oh, no. Maybe not as cool as I thought. That might be a bit much. <laughs> Must go faster. Must go faster. Must go faster. <laughs> and that's it for this episode of Tales from the Stinky Dragon. Are there actually dinosaurs in Dungeons & Dragons? You're going to have to tune in next week to find out. I, I got to say, when you started bringing up Velociraptors recently, I was like, it's like you can see the future. <laughs> I want it. I want it. You willed it into existence. Yeah. Have we talked about our new merch? Oh yeah, we should. We should. We should plug it on the on the show. Yeah. I'm wearing a hat right now. Yeah, we, we got new merch. We got shirts, hats in two different colors. Three. Three. The shirts and hats are three. We have like the navy, like that kind of uh, khaki color. What's the other one? And black. Oh, and black. Mm -hmm. Oh, I didn't know that. What well, today I learned. 
Look at that. And yeah, they had the little the little stinky dragon logo embroidered on the shirt and the hat. And you could get them mm -hmm. yeah, in three different colors. It's very cute. It was great because when we were uh, talking about making these, these pieces of merch, we had to try to figure out how many stink lines should a dragon have and in what direction should they go? I think it's perfect. And we perfected yeah. it. Just this merch. We figured it out. Why is we made a successful stinky? save. What'd you say, John? I said, why is the dragon stinky? What makes the stink? He's got halitosis. <laughs> okay. Why is it coming out of his butt then? <laughs> That's where his mouth is. Oh. Oh. Two-headed two dragon. Oh, yeah, 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 of course. Uh, but anyway, you can check it out at store.roosterteeth.com. We got tons of great stinky dragon merch. You can show your support for the show that way on top of, of course, any love on social media you can, you can send us. Uh, we really appreciate it. But thank you so much for listening, and we'll be back again next time. Bye.